Hello. Hello. And welcome to our True Blood podcast. I'm Natalie. I am Paul. And you're listening to God Hates Fangs. And this week we'll be discussing True Blood Season 3, Episode 2, Beautifully Broken. Okay, first of all, we'd like to thank you for sending us feedback this week. Uh, that is, most of it was quite helpful. Yeah, yeah n- not much abuse. Yeah, only minimal abuse. So, you know, that's okay. That's okay. And, uh, and spread the word, people. Spread the word, and soon we will be available on iTunes. As soon as iTunes is verified that we're, we're not psychos or Nazis or some sort of paedophile ring or, or anything. Yeah, so yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, soon. <laughs> so um, yeah, so soon. little random fact about uh, last week's podcast. If, if, uh, you, if you heard it, we were discussing the elderly lady, and we sort of had a little guess on her age. I think I said 91. I think I said 85. Well, basically, we, we couldn't find out our age. Internet Movie Database <laughs> Internet movie database failed us. Yeah. Failed us for the first time ever. But, um, but we did find out that she was on a, in an episode of Buffy. Yeah. So. She was in a, quite a significant episode, the one where um, uh, she's the gypsy woman, the old gypsy, gypsy woman that curses Angel and, uh, and gives him a, a human soul. Yeah. If you remember, back to 1998, <laughs> season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> ah, the good old days. The good old days. Anyways, let's crack on with this week's episode recap and it kicked off kicked off in fine style kicked off in fine style it kicked off with Bill Bill annihilating the werewolves yeah we didn't see the fight though did we we didn't which yeah <laughs> but, but obviously it's not got a James Cameron movie special effects budget so um maybe some bonus stuff for the DVD release <laughs> but those are those those genuinely are real wolves that they have trained to use in this program there's no cgi nice. at work here no no cgi real real, real wolves real wolves um, which, um, which obviously is a bit of a drawback if you want to film wolf fights because you can't for insurance purposes have your actors fighting real wolves i believe he left one of the survivors with an, an ear missing yeah yeah that was a, a mike tyson moment from bill yeah that's <laughs> yeah that is awesome <laughs> Um, He's about to finish off um, Cooter, the the guy from Lost. Uh, Cooter, really? <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> when uh, when Russell Edgington, uh, a fine, upstanding gentleman on a, on a white horse, the King of Mississippi, I do believe. Uh, he turns up and uh, seems pretty clear that he's the boss man. He's head honcho of the werewolves. He's yeah, he's numero uno. And he's had them kill. Um, he's had them kidnap Bill. Yeah, not kill Bill. No, that's no, different that's something podcast. Else. <laughs> and uh, and, he's, and they brought him to Russell's kingdom, uh, but roughing up Bill and getting high from his blood were not part of their orders. No. And in retaliation, Russell kills one of them, <laughs> but he spares Cooter. Uh, Russell orders Bill to accompany him to the mansion, where, <laughs> where, <laughs> where they're greeted by. Russell's husband, Tal- Talbot? Tal- Talbot? Talbot, I do believe. Yeah. <laughs> who's, um, who's played by a... Uh, who's played by a Greek actor, if you were trying to place that accent. Actually, the, the house that they live in, the house I was quite... I was quite interested to read that uh, that is a true, a real, genuine, pre-Civil War house, and it's the 
It's called Longwood, and it's in Mississippi. And it's the largest octagonal house in America. Fact lovers. That is, that is quite an interesting fact. <laughs> there was a trend for octagonal houses wow. in the 19th century. And, and do you know the dimensions? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that far. Okay. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, but the guy that played... Uh, the guy that played that was playing the Russell Edgington, his name is um, Dennis O'Hare, and he's he's quite a respected actor. He's um, he's been in a few films that I'm sure some of you out there have seen. Uh, Milk, he was in most recently, and uh, an Oscar-winning film. Changelin, which I think was nominated for an Oscar. Charlie Wilson's War, Twenty One Grand. That's quite. So, uh, yeah, so he's, he's quite respected. He's he's a good addition to the cast. So Bill's imprisoned in a room with a. Well, mighty fine silver door. Yeah, that was, that was nice. I'm going to get me one of those. And he's told that his kidnapping would be explained the following night over dinner, I do believe. And, uh, and Talbot said that Bill was sleeping in Elizabeth Bathory's bed, which yeah. is quite interesting. She was a um, Hungarian countess in the uh, 16th century who was supposed to have murdered 600 virgins and bathed in their blood nice. to preserve her youthful beauty. Nice. Yes. But... Do you think... Um, I think it was like Bill's been kidnapped by Liberace and <laughs> Rudolf Valentino. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I do believe they're, they're both homos. <laughs> <laughs> Can I not say that? No! Oh. Homosexuals, surely. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> yeah, obviously if they're married, yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently they're married. Think... Apparently they're a married couple. That's just, yeah, I it's just all, It's all legitimate that. in the vampire world. I truly didn't realise that, but, yeah, I'm, I'm realising that didn't, now. You didn't get the couple vibe from them? I, I kind of thought that Talbot could be, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realise, I didn't realise that Russell... You didn't realise that Russell was a, no, I just was a gay character? Nah. <laughs> I feel naive. You are, you're, you're very naive, my child. I feel na- <laughs> Um... Okay. <laughs> anyway, Suki and Jessica go to see Eric because last week, as you remember, they discovered a brand on uh, the dead werewolf's neck uh, where Lance Carr had crashed. And they realised it was connected to the Nazis. Yeah. Um, while Suki is talking to Eric, Pam advises Jessica on how to correctly feed on humans without killing them and how to dispose of the bodies if you accidentally do kill someone. So, if, if you remember, it's all about the pulse. Yeah, and um, if you want to stop feeding... When it slows, you yeah, know it. And when you want to stop feeding, you need to think of maggots and babies' diapers, according to Pam. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked. <laughs> um, that, yeah. So, yeah, Eric's... Yeah, Eric's kind of... Feeling some guilt when he's yeah. thinking that when he's having his sort of flashback. He he feels uneasy about Suki crying, doesn't he? He's um he's not comfortable with the, the emotions that it inspires in him. That's an inter- that's an interesting flashback, wasn't it? That, <laughs> I love the flashbacks. Yeah. I think there should be flashbacks in maybe not every episode because I know Lost at one at one time had them in every episode and kind of got bogged down with them. But I think if, maybe every other episode True Blood could could delve a little into the history of the characters. So what do we think of the the little Eric werewolf fight? That was cool, yeah, that was cool. With the yeah, he stabbed he stabbed the yeah, girl in the arm I... with a bayonet, didn't he? Yeah, that was awesome. And Godric. Godric returned. That was a, It was good to see Godric. That was fantastic. He was killed prematurely, I think in a lot of fans' opinions. He's a wasted character. It's good to see more of him. Is that is that how he died in the in the book? Yes, yes, same, pretty much, yeah. Same. He's not 
Um, I should mention here that we're going to be talking about the books probably a little bit more in this podcast than we did last week, so um, so be warned that there will be book spoilers. But yeah, no, in the books, uh, Godric is not Eric's maker. The scenario is pretty much the same, but I think it gives more emotional weight to it in the show that they've made him his maker. And show, it shows another side to Eric, the fact that he can have such affection for Godric. Uh, anyway, we learn through a flashback to 1944 Germany that Eric and Godric posed as members of the SS. And in, we see them interrogating a, a young lady werewolf that it seemed belonged to the same pack. She had the same symbol, the wolf's hook symbol, branded onto her neck as the, the werewolf did in last week's episode. And it seems that these particular werewolves answer to a vampire master. A vampire master. Who could this be? <laughs> I think uh, I think the smart money's on Russell, being oh. the the master of the werewolves. Yeah, it does seem that way. What, what was it when she said that the, uh, the werewolves? She said that I'm. Did she say I'm like you or I'm one of you? Or? She said we're on the same side. Oh yeah, and then he revealed her brand. Yeah. And said no. And oh yeah, he said, uh, "Who's your leader?" And she uh, gave her some of his blood. And Godric said, "The blood is sacred," um, which I think the Magister said in last week's episode. And she said that her master was was a vampire. Interesting. Yes, and it, it seems that Godric and Eric have spent some years tracking these werewolves, doesn't it? And they are like an ancient pact. This is yeah. This is nine hundred years. Remember, into the Godric Eric relationship. Yeah, they've been around together for quite a yeah quite a while. Uh, um, I must say, um, Eric Eric suited the the Nazi uniform. It <laughs> <laughs> it was flattering. Yeah, it looked good on him. But Godric looked like a a boy a boy dressing <laughs> dressed <laughs> up dress Nazi. Up. <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> the weirdest kids dressing up box ever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right then. Left, what about Lafayette? Lafayette, God bless him. Yeah. Uh, he admonishes the the now recovered Tara for the selfishness of her suicide attempt. God damn you, Tara! Admonished. That's a that's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to teach her a lesson, he takes her to see his mentally ill homophobic homophobic mother, uh, whose name is uh, uh, Ruby Jean, Ruby. and she's played by um, Alfred Woodard, who is a and again, another really, really well-respected actress. Uh, she's been nominated for an Emmy for Desperate Housewives. Uh, she was nominated for an Oscar in 1983 for a film called Cross Creek. No, me neither. And uh, she won an Emmy for Hill Street Blues. Uh, but best of all, she was in my favourite Christmas movie ever, oh. Scrooged. Oh, yeah. She was Bill Murray's assistant in Scrooged. I'm sure you remember her in that, because that was an awesome film. Uh, anyway... Um, uh, it turns out that Lafayette's paying his mother's hospital bills, which is why I'd been wondering why he was still working for the road crew. I was thinking, why if you've why got so many jobs? Yeah, if you're yeah. a chef and a drug dealer and a prostitute, and why do you need to be working digging roads as well? But yeah, no, he's, he's looking after his mum. He, he kind of says that he doesn't like her, but I'm sure it's just yeah, that's some just... that's some crazy mothers. That are they sisters then? Do you think? No, wait. No, yeah, no, his mother and Tara's mother must be sisters, like, I'm assuming. Yeah, possibly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and uh, while they're there, um, Lafayette's mother's male nurse catches Lafayette's eye. His name's Jesus. Jesus? Jesus. Um, yeah, and there's a little twinkle in his eye. Yeah, so. I think he was he was digging Lafayette. Um, yeah. Uh, Lafayette, who's, um, who's becoming the hero of the show, I think, 
he's the, he's the real good guy in this story. Uh, he tells Tara to be strong, and uh, she seems calmer and more reflective. Especially after seeing her aunt in such a bad way. Yeah, yeah. So when Hoyt, Hoyt pays Jessica a visit, it seems that she's still a bit upset and so well, she, she's trying to fight a vampire nature. But it's just and it's not going anywhere for Hoyt and Jessica, which is tragic because because I think really they both care. We're rooting for them. We're yeah. rooting for Hoyt and Jessica. I don't know how it's going to work, <laughs> but I think they deserve some happiness. Okay, so Suki. Suki. <laughs> Suki and Jason, God bless Jason. They clean Grand's house. And doesn't, doesn't it look better? Grand's house was quite wrecked before. <laughs> that, that is an awesome house. That was just the kitchen, I think. Yeah, Suki, I think Suki's house in the books is... Um, it's supposed to be the same sort of age as Bill's house, mm. but it was a smaller house and she's had, over the years, different generations of the Stackhouse family have extended it. So it's all, all different parts of the building of different ages. So uh, she tells... Anyway, she tells Jason about Bill's kidnapping. Is that? <laughs> yeah, Jason. Yeah. Um, J- <laughs> Jason's reaction is to, to ask whether there's a, a Santa. If there's if there's werewolves, then is there a Santa? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. It's, a, it's an amazing mind that Jason Stackhouse possesses. And uh, after that, Suki arrives at work, and she and Terry Belfleur see a werewolf spying on her. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a good bit. And they have a little. Um, they do a little bit of tracking in the yeah. forest. Terry pulls out the military hand signals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what do them signals mean? We have no idea, but one day we're going to learn the military hand signals and use them in everyday communication. Do you think the, you think the movies that, that do all, all the films with the hand signals, do you think they're true to I have no idea. hand signals? They, do, they could just be doing something random with their fingers. I have no idea, but no, I'm sure Terry knows what he's doing. He was in Fallujah. Come on. Uh, so anyway, they go, they go looking and they find some clothes and some nice boots. Some awesome boots, yeah. yeah. I, I was digging the boots. This is a show, this was a, an episode of Great Boots. And uh, Tsuki makes Terry keep the, the werewolf incident secret and vows to find the werewolf since he can lead her to Bill. Tsuki. Tsuki. <laughs> this is, a, oh yeah, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. I liked, yeah, no, that was a, another awesome moment when, uh, uh, when, when Tsuki said that she misses Bill and she just wants him to come through the door. <laughs> I think I think Suki seemed more like um, more like her character in the books in this episode because there are there are criticisms sometimes that they think she's too not weak but she's not as strong. Is she getting into the role now? Is she she making her uh, own? Or she? It's not so much. I don't think it's so much Anna Paquin's performance. I think it's some of the scenarios in the show. The changes that they've made make Suki seem not as empowered as she is in, in the books. She's more of an independent woman in the books. Where she seems like she's kind of relying on her men, men folk a little bit too much in the show. But no, she's she's strong and independent and she's going to she's gonna get that werewolf. She's going to get her man back. She's going to get her man back. And soon we hope. Soon. soon, yeah. Soon. So anyway, Sam sleeping in the car outside the house of his... Real parents. Yep. And he's woken with a shotgun to the head. Yeah, by my little brother Tommy. Which is not not always the best way. I mean... But I'm, then he was probably having a, a gay dream about Bill, so he's probably glad to be woken up. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Sam's, Sam's, Sam's adorable, but his parents are dirty white trash. Yeah. 
<laughs> his, his dad had some pants on that were about three years old, I think, and they'd <laughs> never been washed. <laughs> they were the worst pants I've ever seen on a on a show. Really? So, yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Sam reveals that he's their son, and I think his his real mum kind of, I think she kind of knew that anyway, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she clocks on pretty quickly. Um, and his parents seemed delighted. That's which, yeah, which that's was nice. nice. Happy happiness. Yeah, but tainted. <laughs> well, Tommy, yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit bitter and probably a bit jealous, and he's a bit, you know, probably got hormones rushing around, and yeah, yeah, doggy hormones as well. Yeah. yeah. Sam tries to bond with him, commenting on his 58 Plymouth being the, the car from Christine. What a great reference. <laughs> Tommy's been a bit antagonistic <laughs> and seems to despise his parents. Yeah. I wonder why, I wonder why. Hmm. He says that Sam was lucky to have been adopted, but, but Sam kind of points out that he had his problems as well. Yeah, it's got to be hard and just randomly turn into a puppy when you're a 15-year-old boy. When you're a 15-year-old boy and then you can put your lipstick in your mouth, <laughs> there's, there's something wrong with that. So, yeah. They, they kind of make up and they go for a run as dogs. That was funny, that bit, when Sam turned <laughs> he's into a, his dog. He's a, a collie. Collie. He's a collie. And Tommy kind of looks at him as if, what the... F-? <laughs> yeah. Why? You could choose yeah. any animal. <laughs> and he was, I believe, a bulldog? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And before that, we saw that Tommy had a load of scars. I mean, when yeah. he took his shirt off. And what did he say? He said, uh, he was getting into a lot of fights. A lot of fights. But I was wondering, do you think that he's had these fights as a, as a, as a guy, as a man, or as a dog? Or as something a, else, even. Maybe his parents are pimping him out to, like, dog fighting... Exhibition yeah. matches. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... <laughs> dark. <laughs> well, see, if that happens, if that happens, listeners, you you all owe me a drink. That's yeah. <laughs> that's my theory. I'm gonna just throw that out there. That's your crazy theory of the week. Yeah, crazy theory of the week. Uh, anyway, Jason is. Uh... No, no, no. So they're, oh. they're having a little run. Oh yeah. And then. Um... Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy tricks. Well, yeah. Tommy <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> Trick Sam Trick dog, Sam dog. <laughs> into almost getting hit was by truck. Was that a genuine attempt to think that. kill Sam, or was he just falling around? I thought was he was just, just falling around. Youthful hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what you think? It's been a bit envious. Sly. Envious of his brother with his his bar full of hot waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we going to now? Where should we go to now? Uh, Jason. Jason's feeling down about his directionless life. And the fact that he's responsible for Egg's death. Although no one, no one's really missing no Egg's. No one's bothered. Even Tara's got, got Tara's over getting it over it now. <laughs> we, we never cared. So Jason gets drunk and pulls his heart oh, out. That was nice. You're my best friend. I love you. <laughs> You're my best friend. Oh, I thought Hoyt was your best friend, Jason. Come on, yeah, fickle. He's loved up. Uh, and he's been on the local news and he's been treated as a hero by everyone at Merlots. And then, oh, yeah, that's funny when... Uh, Jason got up on the table and wanted to <laughs> well, what he said. give a little speech. Yeah, it's some, I, can't, I can't remember what he said, but it was really funny. <laughs> and uh, and he's going to take a drunken Jason home, but instead he takes him on a drugs bust. Yeah, in the small secluded town of Hotshot. What a great name for a town. Jason doing his kind of uh, linebacker kind of manoeuvre. Yeah, he, he takes took out, a... out the the drug dealer and and he had a big bag of coke. Crystal meth. Was that crystal meth? That was a meth factory they were busting, ah. yeah. See, hot shot. See, uh, this is something, book spoilers again, this is something that comes in in book four. Remember, season three is uh, 
largely based on book three. Um, but the town of Hotshot really comes into play in book four, so it seems like they're bringing a few of the stories forward. Oh. Um, and the guy that we saw getting arrested is Calvin Norris, the big guy with his, his pecs out. Yeah, it is. His name's Calvin Norris, he's going to be a major player. Oh, I was going to say, is there more Calvin Norris in the future kind of coming up? Yeah, oh, definitely. And the, and the girl, the mysterious girl that Jason sees in the forest, uh, her name's Crystal Norris. Oh, that's interesting. What a coincidence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same surname as Calvin. But yeah, there's, there's, some wow. crazy, there's some crazy stuff to come in the town of Hotshot. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So she truly is a character. I was kind of thinking he's hallucinating. No, no, no. Because no. she kept running off in a weird way. Wait and see. In a weird way. Wait and see. Um, anyway, uh, back in Bontomp, Franklin Mott, um, yeah. a shady vampire played by um, James Frain, uh, an English actor who you may remember from 24. He was in season four of 24. He, uh, do you remember Jack's girlfriend, Audrey? Uh, he was Audrey's ex-husband. And um, he was mad at Jack because Jack Bauer was sleeping with his, his wife or his ex-wife, I can't remember. But he ends up saving Jack's life by throwing himself in front of Jack and taking oh, a bullet. Oh, yeah. Which, in some far-fetched <laughs> scenario. <laughs> and he's probably best known for the Tudors at the moment, the show The Tudors, um, which I don't watch, so I don't know what he's like in it. So he's nosing around Bill's house and yeah. he's searching his offices. Yeah. And he, and he finds a file on Suki. Oh. Containing a family tree and some newspaper clippings and, and photos. That's. Mm. Oh, what's going on mm. there? Book six. <coughs> Back to Bill's house and Jessica, acting on Pam's advice from earlier, she's uh, hired herself a chainsaw. Yeah. To dispose of Hank's body. This is. Yeah. That's a bit weird. Do you, think, do you think that's like a horror movie reference somewhere along the lines? Like a Friday the 13th with chainsaw. reference? Mm, that Evil 13th? Dead, he had the chainsaw on his arm, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course, yeah. And, um... So oh, yeah, Hank. So, yeah, his body is gone. Hank, what's happened to Hank? Is he a vampire? Did it work? I don't think it worked. Surely not. <laughs> nah. That looked he, like a really he, unprofessional... Vampire making from Jessica. That didn't look like that was going to work at all. He was he was long gone. His skin looked like it sort of started decomposing. Yeah, no, there's no way. Do you think his his body might have been stolen? I'm I'm thinking Franklin looks like a suspect. Why would, why would Franklin not want to steal some well, dead we, truck driver? We don't know who he's working for. We don't know what his motivations are. We don't know. But we, why has Bill got things about Suki in his house in a secret yeah, file? Yes. <laughs> it's all going a bit strange. Yeah. So back to Malotz and um, Arlene is suffering from morning sickness. In the evening. In the evening. It can hit you at any time. That's that's interesting. And <laughs> dear old Terry gives her a list of the reasons that he'd be a good a good stepfather to her children. He says that he's nursed a baby baby armadillo, and he has a diploma in anger management. And he never killed anything by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking with with Arlene's baby. Um, I'm pretty sure that Terry can't be the dad because in the time frame that the show is set in, it's been like, what, what is it, like three, four days since the Marianne thing? I'm, try I'm trying to work it out. It's not that long ago. It's like maybe five days ago. So she can't be like a week pregnant, can she, Arlene? No. You wouldn't know that quickly, I'm sure. Therefore, it is the same. Unless it was some sort of magic sperm. Oh, my God, some magic maynad sperm. It could be, couldn't it? <laughs> Black-eyed baby. Black-eyed baby. 
Anyway, oh yeah, Taro is also in Malots, and um, she's feeling down, and she, oh yeah, no, she meets Franklin, she meets Franklin in Malots, I know. Franklin and Tara are a couple in book three, but, oh. um, but the scenario is entirely different, because Tara in the books is um, Suki's friend from school, and she's just, she's completely different, she runs her own clothes shop, and she, well, she's white as well, she's a white girl, and she's kind of, she's really classy, and, um, Although she does still have an alcoholic mother in the books, but in the books, um, her character's kind of moved on from that. She's uh, outside, she's outside Merlot's on her own having a drink, some bottle, that looked like some big bottle of whiskey. That was, uh, what whiskey was it? Is it like? I uh, can't remember what whiskey it was. Wild something. Wild turkey? Wild turkey. I think it was, yeah. And then two drunken rednecks start making racist comments <gasps> and... Pissing on the spot where eggs were shot. Pissing <gasps> on the spot where eggs were shot. Sacrilege. Uh, she retaliates, she gets quite angry. Uh, she beats the shit out of them. She does. <laughs> and, uh, and then Franklin comes to her aid. And uh, and he, he seems quite... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems quite turned on. He has some big old fangs. He has some big old fangs. His fangs are too big. They were even bigger than the Queen's fangs. He was feeling a bit horny. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely horny. Uh... Oh, oh yeah, Frank, no, Franklin in the book. Yeah, Tara's like Suki's friend from school and she's a white girl and she runs her own clothes shop. And Franklin is like a... Kind of suave sugar daddy type vampire. He's like an older guy. You think um, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Um, oh, the guy from Notting Hill. Um, oh, my mind's a blank. Like an old English grey-haired guy, but really suave and and sophisticated. That's how that's how Franklin is in the book. Um, and he, uh, he and Tara have a relationship, but it's. I think the the show's going in a completely different direction with this, obviously. <laughs> Did you just make a reference to Notting Hill? What, the film? <laughs> I can't remember what, Hugh Grant? his name. No, not no. Hugh Grant, no. The... Richard Curtis, no. Not Notting Hill, not Notting Hill, the, uh, the other one, Love, Love Actually. Uh, what, the guy from House? No! Oh my God. Mr Bean? <laughs> no, you're just naming random English actors. Yeah. No. <laughs> I can't remember, uh, Bill Nighy. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. That's how you imagine Franklin in the books. Right, oh God. Like Bill Nye in Underworld. Is that Bill Nye? He's like in the last... Underworld? Yeah. I haven't seen the Underworld films. Yeah, he's, I think he's like some vampire demon dude in that. Oh, I really... I've never seen any of those films. Okay. <laughs> back on to topic. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Back at, back at Russell and Talbot's... Incredible mention. Uh, Bill's all dressed up as James Bond, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and eating a, a lavish meal, a lavish meal of blood, uh, with Russell and Talbot, which, which features the the blood of humans that have only eaten tangerines for two weeks. Nice. And uh, blood champagne and blood ice cream. Blood ice cream. That's that's interesting. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was appetising. It was appetising. So Russell, R- Russell's there, and he offers Bill the job as sheriff. Sheriff of Area 2, complete with his own cactus plantation. Wow. So, it, it looks like Bill's going to say no, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cactus plantation is not selling it. Uh, it emerges that Russell wants to marry Sophie Ann so that he can incorporate Louis- Louisiana into his own kingdom. And he wants, um, he wants information on Sophie Ann from Bill so that he can blackmail her. So we learn, we learn for sure now that Bill is employed by Sophie Ann, Queen Sophie Ann. She, she's his boss. Um, which is the same in the books. And Bill maintains that he's not entrusted with such information and has no desire to become sheriff. 
and he wants to remain in Bontemps to mainstream as it was the town where he lived his human life. Yeah. And uh, and he says, I am not the vampire you are looking for. <laughs> it was that Star Wars reference. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I like uh, Russell's disbelieving and questions Bill on why Sophie, uh, Queen Sophie Anne would send Bill, who Russell refers to as a promising young vampire, to a, t- a tiny town in a swamp to date a waitress. Hmm. Russell then threatens Sookie's safety, <gasps> infuriating Bill. <laughs> and then, then uh, uh, Bill looks like he's, he's pretty much going to lose it. And then, oh yeah. And then, just at that moment, Lorena arrives in in full riding gear, uh, straight from the gymkhana, and uh, Bill, pretty much without hesitation, sets her on fire. Yeah. <laughs> he throws a lamp at her That's head. That's awesome, that bit. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even speak to her, he just threw a lamp at her head. And what good throwing action. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he doesn't like her very much. I get that sense that he doesn't like her. No, no. <laughs> Do you think, I don't, don't think that's the end of her, though, is it? Oh, no. There, there was speculation that this is just in Bill's imagination and he hasn't actually thrown a lamp at her head Aww. because of the way the scene was shot but no I like I think I think he's thrown a lamp at her head he he, he smashed a, a plasma telly over her head last season didn't he <laughs> yeah so yeah no he's definitely got in for her <laughs> okay a bit of Eric action so he, he goes to see Suki at her house and he confesses that he was lying when he said he didn't know anything about the werewolf symbol and he, he regales to Suki the story of him's Godric's battles with the Nazi werewolves. <laughs> it's like a Tarantino movie, Nazi yeah. werewolves. And he explains that the pack are particularly well-organised, well-funded and dangerous. Uh, he explains that although he wants Bill gone, uh, he feels that he has to help Suki find him uh, as he does not want her to be in danger. Oh. He asks to be invited into a house, but she just she just won't say yes. She just <laughs> he, won't invite him. He offers to make passionate love to her and she still says no. Come on, Suki. <laughs> and she reminds him that she is Bill's human. And it, she flashes the the big rock, the big bit of ice that. And that was some big, some big rock, wasn't it? And uh, but Eric is skeptical about the idea of humans and vampires marrying, uh, for obvious reasons. But then, then they hear a noise. They hear a noise, and he says, "Suki, you must invite me in." And won't you come in, Mister Northman? <laughs> <laughs> and then they find a werewolf in Suki's house. And then again ends in a cliffhanger as Eric attacks and Suki fires her gun. Yes. Yes. That was episode number two. That was... Um, that was quite an awesome yeah. episode, wasn't no, that it? Was, that was an interesting episode because um, in some ways, in some ways we're, we're seeing the show deviate even further from the books, but there are, there are elements that are, that are still very much rooted in the, the novels. Um, uh, mainly the scenario with Bill getting kidnapped. In the books, he is taken by werewolves and it is on behalf of King Russell and Lorena. So they've been true to the books. In that respect, they've been true to the books. But the reason in the books is that Bill uh, Bill is working for Sophie Ann, uh, similar to the show, but he's, um, he's creating a database of all the vampires, like a census for her. So she's got information on all the vampires in America. And obviously a lot of other vampires are not into that idea. They like their secrecy. So that's why he gets kidnapped in the books. But I don't. it's, it's pretty clear that they're not going down that route in the show. Uh, I think in one of the later books, um, a different king of one of, the other, uh, one of the other states does try to marry Sophie-Anne to merge the states. But it's not Russell, it's a, it's a different character. So was that, do you think that's a well-received episode? I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Yeah, the pace was not 
was not quite as fast as the the season opener, but uh, it started good though. It started good with like as we said, like with Bill having it with yeah. a werewolf, then it ended good. So yeah, lots yeah. of good stuff in the middle. Yeah, no, uh, I think so. it's no, they're, they're keeping the narrative thread of all the different character storylines running nicely. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think the the reception we're seeing from fans is that they're enjoying season three so far. Hopefully, it will continue in this fashion. Anyway, shall we move on to the music? The music yeah. that we heard. Uh, uh, as we mentioned, this episode was called Beautifully Broken, uh, and it's named after a song by a, a band called Government Mule, which uh, we checked out recently, didn't we? They were, hmm. um, they're like a jam band, like, a, um, like an adult-orientated rock jam band, but I, I think yeah. we found them really dry, didn't we? Yeah. We found them really I think, dry. <laughs> I think we listened to them and then decided they weren't the Stooges. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was heard um, when Arlene and Terry were talking him a lot. Uh, we also heard a bit of Collide in Fantasia. A song called Sil- uh, Sliff- Sliffer Thing. And, uh, and they're like a techno rock outfit. Yeah, that's that that's quite interesting. Interesting. Uh, then we heard the Hampton Rock String Quartet, um, Santana cover song and it's called Evil Ways. And uh, the episode concluded with uh, I'm Alive by country singer-songwriter Shelby Lynn. Yeah, that's a nice little ditty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we move on now to the what the fuck moment of the week? What the fuck moment of the week is? Bill's secret file of sooky photos. Bill, what are you up to? Bill, you truly are like James Bond. <laughs> the vampire Bond. Um, so, why? Why has Bill got a, a, a file of information on Suki? I don't know. It's like he's been it's like he's recruiting her. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think we should mention that in season two, if you remember when Bill visited Queen Sophie-Anne at her, her palace, uh, Sophie-Anne's girlfriend, Hadley, mentions to Bill that she's Suki's cousin. Do you remember? The blonde girl, she looked like, so, yeah. like Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Yeah, another, another great TV programme. Yeah. But anyway, she says, uh, I don't think, I think she's a vampire as well, and she says to Bill, how's my cousin Suki? Mm. So Bill knows that Suki's cousin is a vampire and is living with Queen Sophie Anne, but he's not told Suki this. Ah. Ah. Well remembered. Ah. So, uh, now, time for Line of the Week. And our Line of the Week comes from Talbot. Carlo, bring me that tie, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Okay. How, how are we liking um, the king, King Russell, and, and his wife Talbot <laughs> so far? I'm liking them. They're I'm like, of, yeah, they're a nice couple. Kind of the comedy aspect. Kind of <laughs> well, comedy, but kind of the, the hard and sinister as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they mean business. Yeah, but, uh, you wouldn't mess with them guys. But they throw a great party. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't mess. Make a mess, a uh, mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You wouldn't screw with them. Time for the news. 
okay, so episode two got 4.2 million viewers on its first airing, and just over a million for the repeat. But it was Father's Day. Yeah, that's slightly less, isn't it? I think than yeah. last week. I can't remember. Was, was it, it five yeah. last week? Yeah. I think season premieres do generally get more viewers than. Oh, that's viewers. still <laughs> that's still worthy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's still yeah. I don't think it's going to get dropped at any point. No. Well, yes. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, NBC, uh, a rival channel. Um, we obviously we're in England and we don't really understand the scenarios with the the American channels, but it appears that they are also getting in on the vampire craze. So we've had True Blood, and we've had the Vampire Diaries, and predecessors like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but now we have a show called The Gates, which started airing this week, and apparently it's shit. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch it, but I, I read like three reviews of it and they, they panned it they really panned really? it it sounds awful it sounds like Desperate Housewives meets the Vampire Diaries but but worse that, that sounds terrible no it's like a, a, a cop a cop moves into a, a small town and his neighbours are, are vampires and a guy down the road's a werewolf but oh god no it just sounds really dry <laughs> <laughs> but um, no something that does sound interesting that's also out this week is uh, Evan, Evan Rachel Wood who we, we know as Queen Sophie Anne uh, is in a film with Larry David who we love yes. Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, they're starring together in Woody Allen's new film Whatever, uh, Whatever Works uh, which is probably another Woody Allen film that's not shit so it's good, good for Woody Allen, and it's about um, Larry David, a guy who has a relationship with a, a young runaway girl, Evan Rachel Wood. Um, <laughs> wow, where did you get that idea from? <laughs> yeah, kind of mirroring Woody Allen's own life. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, oh yeah, something really exciting. Snoop Dogg yep. has, on many occasions, said that he's a massive True Blood fan, and he's recorded a song in tribute to the show yes. called Oh Suki. And uh, he basically talks about how much he wants to get with Suki in this song. And it's got a great video as well with a load of girls dressed in Malot's uniforms dancing and <laughs> clips from the show and stuff. And it's really funny. And uh, my favourite line in it is, I smoke true bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. It's genius. We'll, we'll put a link on, the, on our site to the YouTube video because it has to be seen. And finally, some good news for everyone. Show renewed for a fourth season. Yes, we yeah. will get more blood. We will get more blood. How many seasons do you think the show is going to run for? Oh, how many books are there? Was it th- well, there's ten, ten, but there's going to be three more. I don't think it's going to... No. Thirteen sh- years, they're going to start ageing, aren't they? Yeah, maybe four, six. Six, six, six is a nice, that, that's a nice amount. It's lost with six, wasn't six. it? Six, yeah. yeah. It's enough, but it leaves you, wanting, leaves you wanting more. But you've had enough, don't yeah. be greedy. Six is good. Lost and Sopranos were six, and that was the perfect length for those those shows and I think yeah no that's a good that's a good length of time for the show to run right next we have spoilers for next week tune out now if you're you're not a fan of spoilers okay this is the official synopsis for next week's episode Uh, in search of Bill Suki heads to Jackson Mississippi in the company of Alcide, a werewolf bodyguard assigned by Eric to protect her. Mm. Jason is distracted from his police exams. Bud reaches the end of his rope. Arlene copes with unexpected news. Franklin charms Tara and gets Jessica out of a jam. Eric bequeaths a gift to Lafayette. Haunted by visions from his past, Bill makes a surprising pledge of allegiance. 
and there's a flashback. There's a flashback. Another flashback. Yeah. <gasps> I love the so, flashbacks. Shall I tell you what it is? Go on, tell me. There's a flashback showing. Are you ready? Are you yeah, ready yeah, for yeah. this? Tell me. Showing Bill's wife. <gasps> wow. Civil War era flashback. I like the sound <gasps> of that. I love the flashbacks. Please, Alan Ball, more flashbacks. So, is, is that, I think that's about it, isn't it? That is about it. Join us next week. Join us next week for episode three. Good night. Good night.